It's the criterion. It's the criterion. 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 In. 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 everybody welcome to the criterion project and this is the show where we like to talk about movies in general and it's so much fun it's two friends talking about what they've been watching and uh i am from Rachel wagner and conrado is here yes he is <laughs> thank you rachel for that very smooth uh introduction <laughs> where we quickly acknowledge very casually the fact that the criterion project has not been the criterion project for a while now (laughs) that we have not been watching stuff on the criterion channel and talking about it but rather we just kind of have been hopping on every couple of weeks or maybe even longer just to talk about what we've been watching which has been a lot of fun yeah yeah i mean because we had talked about oh when we should cover this on the channel or this and i've just been so busy i have had so many screenings to cover plus the live theater that I recover plus you know everything else going on with Hallmark and you know Mm -hmm. I've got four new Hallmark movies every weekend that I have to cover it's just been very busy and so yeah I just thought well I enjoy talking with Conrado so why do I need like we can just do whatever we want it's our show who cares that's right that those are Rachel's words this is our show we can do whatever we want and she's right she's right also you know life goes on times change and things change is the only constant in life right so this show might change into something else we don't know (laughs) the thing that does not change is that we enjoy talking with each other about movies so that we will keep doing that's right hey maybe people like this even better who knows yeah who knows we'll see But how have you been? It's been about a month since we chatted. I know. Last time we were talking about the New York Film Festival and we just realized going over our diaries of movies we've seen, that's been quite a while. I've seen a lot of movies since then mm-hmm. and uh, and you have seen a lot of movies since then. So yes. um, I'm excited to talk about some of them. But also, uh, why don't we start with, since it's we're nearing the, the year's end. And so Rachel, who's a, you know, accredited film critic, she gets to go to early screening. She has seen most, you've seen most of the movies that yeah. are going to be out this year, right? Yeah. Tonight is Wonka. And so that will oh, be okay. one of the last ones to kind of, and then zone of interest is next week. Uh, and, okay. So there's a couple that uh, are yeah, still so on the docket, but you hang you know, in, but, but most of them, yeah, I've, I've been able to see. Which by I'm and large, I got very... the sense that Rachel had seen most of the movies out there. So I <laughs> revealed to her something that I had not um, told her before, which is yeah. that very early this year, sometime around January, I think I... I don't know why you probably must have posted something on Twitter or something. <laughs> and then I was about the movies you were excited for. And I yeah. made a notes, no, a note on my iPhone, um, predicting what were going to be Rachel's favorite movies of 2023. <laughs> Just <laughs> this going is so on. fascinating to me. I, I, I hope you do this every year from now on. I think it might become a tradition. It was fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun to see because I did relatively well. Yeah, I, I limited myself to five movies uh-huh. and, Quite a few of them ended up on your top. The first one was Suzume, which is the the Jap- the anime from what's the director's name? Koto Shinkai. So Koto that Shinkai. did make my top ten. Which it was that was a, a given, you know, that was yeah. a given because Rachel mm-hmm. loves your name and she's like most of all of his movies. <laughs> yeah. So I was yeah. said Suzume, that's gonna be in there, right? And and where yeah. did that yeah. end up on your on your estimation? Current currently, it's at number. If I'm including a couple uh, streamer, streaming movies, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's uh, number eight uh, on okay. my list. If okay, I'm pretty not, solid. 
Yeah, if I'm not including the streamers, then it's six. Okay, so it's fair to say that you were a fan of this movie. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. The second one I got, which was a big boondoggle on my part, was Peter Pan and Wendy, which I thought, yeah. you know, you loved uh, Pete's Dragon. Yeah. It's a Disney movie. Um, David Lowry, the same director from Pete's Dragon, is doing this one. So I thought this had a good chance of being yeah. a, a Rachel favorite. But I it, guess this it, was a bad one. No, it it was disappointing. It wasn't mm-hmm. as good as I did go fresh on it. It was a pretty mild, mild fresh. I was okay. just like, it, it's fine. But um, it, it it was it felt it didn't feel like a David Lowry film. It didn't like hmm. he was so successful in in Peach Dragon of of keeping his style and working with the Disney formula, and this just mm-hmm. felt so average. Like it's fine if you want to watch a Peter Pan movie. It's like but there was mm-hmm. just nothing like special about it so it was disappointing right. but um but yeah it's a pretty solid uh prediction pretty solid guess yeah even yeah. if it didn't quite pan out the other yeah. one was barbie which i also thought had a good shot yeah. because rachel loves barbie movies even yes. those direct-to-video uh that you know only little mm-hmm. girls and rachel wagner watch <laughs> <laughs> so what did, what did yeah. you think of barbie i really enjoyed barbie i saw it three times so there uh, you go yeah I, I do think it's kind of a mess. So mm. I like as far as the storytelling, it's kind of, you know, all a lot of place. ideas. Yeah, yeah, a lot of ideas. So I, I, I have it currently at 14. Okay. But as far as the ranking, but I did really enjoy it. I thought it was so very fun. I think that's partial credit for Barbie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay, the one that I am really proud of to have put in this top five, <laughs> because it ended up being one of your favorite movies of the year. And I just kind of like squeezed it at the last minute, just kind of not knowing what to put in. And yeah. I was like, oh, maybe this one is the holdovers. Yeah, I was so surprised. I am shocked that you would have this in over Spider-Verse. I would think that you would predict Spider-Verse for my top five. I guess I, I only had one, one so animated movie in my top five, in yeah. your top five, which I think it's kind of a little foolish. Maybe next year I won't do <laughs> make the same mistake. But... but you were right. I mean, I it's my favorite uh, feature feature film uh if i'm not including streamers it's my favorite movie of the year so you mm-hmm. were totally you crushed it yeah so why don't you tell us a little bit about the holdovers and why you love <laughs> it so much since we're talking about it <laughs> well it is a christmas movie so it's got mm-hmm. that going for it you know and i love mm-hmm. holiday films um i just thought it was excellent in every way i thought the script was so good i loved all of the characters especially the three leads i thought were so good and so nuanced and interesting and um I, I there, there's only one little nitpick that I have with the movie that mm-hmm. with the ending. Uh, oh, so you yeah. don't want to do you not want to spoil what it is or? Well, it's just that. So I guess I can say that the what happens is he makes it the character makes a choice. But uh-huh. I didn't feel like he had full knowledge of the weight of the choice. Which I, because everybody's just acting like, oh, this is no no big deal, right? And so if he had known that, oh, this could have these big consequences and then made the choice, then it would have been more like, oh, wow. So he knew. Whereas this, it just felt like, wow, this is unfair. Like nobody told him, nobody gave him a heads up that like, don't do this with, but it, so hmm. it does, it's not a deal breaker for me or anything like that. But I just think that it, I think it, it would have had like more, more moral weight if he had knowingly been like, screw you all, we're doing this. And, but it was just kind of like, he just kind of happened to do it, if that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. I I appreciate you talking around it. I think I know what what moment you're talking about, but maybe after we're done Fair recording, enough. we can talk more yeah. explicitly. Um, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit too. I yeah. I didn't know what to expect. It looked when it started, there was a little bit of it that struck struck me as the kind of movie that I don't usually like. That is like a little inspirational professor or inspirational, like the Dead Poet Society kind of movie, mm-hmm. which I I really don't like that movie because it's like a little too, I don't know. It's like it's like modeling a little bit to me or like mm-hmm. too sweet you know in a, in a way that doesn't feel quite right but this movie had a like an edge to it too and a yeah. real and a realism to the characters the paul Giamatti character the divine joy randolph character oh. i thought she was so good and i hope she um gets a lot more great roles to play because she's so good in this movie and i've seen her before in other stuff uh yeah, in particular in the in the tv version of high fidelity the tv show she was really great in that and i hope she becomes a big um a big big actor because um she was yes. doing really great work she's also in rustin uh this um year which oh really you know, has a small part in that yeah which is a biopic that was pretty solid mm-hmm. um yeah she's great in this and i if you want to hear me talk more about the holdovers i've actually been on two podcasts just talking about holdovers oh, already yeah, my goal is to, because I was on Mashley at the Movies talking about the holdovers, and I was also on the Lambcast, which you and I both been on. Oh, yeah. i talking about the holdovers. I will be on anybody who wants to talk <laughs> about the holdovers. I'll be on your show, because I just okay. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That it's a yeah, it's a really good. I enjoyed it, and the, and you know, as time has gone on since I watched it, yeah. it just keeps. I keep yeah. thinking of it more fondly, so I, I think and it's going to be a, a good movie. I for... can't believe that this Dominic Sessa is his first role, like ever. Yeah, I mean, he was discovered in a in a high school play or yeah, something, right? Where, oh, I think it was if if it wasn't the the campus that they were shooting on, it was nearby, or it was mm-hmm. they like put out a call for students at one of those you know schools and uh i mean i i would never have guessed that i thought he did a very good job yeah he did he did um so i hope it does well come awards season think, usually the things i like don't do that well but yeah i think it, I, like. I think this one will because uh i feel it's, re- it's a real crowd pleaser you know in a way that yeah, it's not it really too is. There's sometimes you get the crowd pleaser that feels that it's trying a little too hard to be a crowd pleaser. This one feels like it's the right balance for me. So I think that, you know, when there's a movie that of this kind that both you and I enjoy, I think that's a good sign that it's actually a good movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, well, uh, what's something else that you've gotten to see this last yeah. little bit? Oh, wait, I had one more prediction. I skipped oh. over the color purple. Have you seen that yet? I just saw it yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. So did it, was that a good or bad prediction on my part? Yeah, it was a good prediction. I haven't ranked it yet, so I don't have it in my, my mm-hmm. ring, but I have to admit, I was a little bit sleepy. I was a little tired. Um, and that's okay. not a, an impact of the movie. It was just, I was just tired. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of want to see it again to, mm-hmm. to get it, um, a better, uh, overall feel of it. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's really, really good. Like I thought, I think I did an episode of my podcast the other day with uh, with uh, with Greg and Ken from On Screen Blog, where we talked about movies for musicals to recommend for musical haters, right? Oh, mm-hmm. And and I think that this is one that I could recommend to musical haters, people that gen- generally don't like musicals, because I think for the most part, 
the musical sequences felt kind of authentic to the characters. Uh, a lot of them have a little bit of a gospel feel, bluesgrassy feel, where you can imagine people singing kind of in these circumstances. You know, obviously it's a little, oh, people aren't like dancing and stuff, but in real life, but it was approachable. It felt authentic to the characters, I think. And so, I mean, and it is, it. I think they did just about as good a job as you could do of taking this like really intense material because it's pretty brutal, you know, stuff that happens. Yeah. People have seen the original film or read the novel. I think they did just about as good a job as they could of kind of trying to sort of contextualize it in sort of an inspirational survivor kind of story. Mm-hmm. And um, so making it... It, it, I mean, we put their advertising like, oh, it's a crowd pleaser. And at first I was like, what? Really? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, it's a story about incest and rape and, you know, horrible things happening. Um, but I, I think that they're kind of right. Like it's, uh, they do manage to, 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 to make it a pretty crowd pleasing film. The it's beautifully made. I do. Mm-hmm. There was a side of me that did feel like it might be one that you say is, is when you talk about, um, pretty well-made films you know that don't um oh like it like it doesn't really have that much behind it but it looked like looks good or it's like yeah like I just remember your review of um uh Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Boat oh yeah 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 and I I think you could kind of maybe say some of the same things um interesting it's not like a movie that I'll remember in it you know is one of the greats or something like that but it was it was entertaining it was well made it was well acted i think daniel brooks is excellent in a you know in her small fantasia reno is is lovely i think in the role everybody can mm-hmm. sing good it's nice to have a musical where everybody's a good singer yeah. <laughs> um, uh yeah i i liked it i thought it was good all right so how would you how would you rank or, or what grade would you give me on my predictions <laughs> you know i, I have <laughs> I think I give you an A. I think you did really? very well. I, I think that's a little generous. One, you got one wrong, but everybody else, every everything, everything else, else you like, but yeah, not everything. But these were not. You can't give me an A because these were not your five favorite movies of the year. You know <laughs> that enough. would be an A, but I'll take a B plus. A B plus. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think that if I do the same thing with you, it's a lot harder because like we don't know about the uh, the movies that the, are going to come out. Yeah. We, we, we know about the mainstream, but we don't know mm-hmm. about the, you know, the indies and stuff at the beginning of the year as much. So it would probably yeah, be a right. lot harder for you, but, uh, but I thought it was, it was, it was fun that you did that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, so it was kind of exciting just this month. I, uh, for the first time in my career as a film critic, I got uh, quote quoted in the promo in a trailer. Oh, really? Uh, For what yeah. movie? So this is very exciting. It's called Journey to Bethlehem. Oh, and, uh-huh. yeah, I've heard of which, it. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. It uh, it's obviously faith based. You know, films is about the the um, Jesus story, first story. But I felt like they they were pushing their audience just a little bit. It's by one of the co creators of Glee, and you can feel it. The, oh really? The, yeah. Oh yeah. The musical numbers are are pretty boisterous and and and, and interesting. And, oh, so it is a musical yeah. too. It is a musical. Oh, very much so a musical. And interesting. And, and yeah, I mean, it. I I felt like it it brought as much sort of creativity and uh, and excitement to what could have been a really like boring, you know, movie. Hmm. Um, and uh, and so I enjoyed it, and it was kind of fun to 
have a be uh, to to be um, quoted in a movie trailer it was fun. Yeah, for so sure. That's exciting. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and like just for as an example of sort of the creativity that they did. So Joseph, when he gets the when he sees the angel, and he gets the calling to you know marry to still marry Mary, mm-hmm. um, he has a whole s- song uh, where he's fighting the sort of angel and devil. Like they're literally there and oh. both sides of him. And what is he going to do? And, and, uh, and so I, I thought that was like a creative way of kind of depicting that scene. And, um, uh, and, uh, that they, they're not like, you know, cause this, like I said, could have been super boring. of just like sticking straight to the text and, you hmm. know, and everything. And Antonio Banderas plays King Herod and he oh. kind of camps camps it up <laughs> okay that's like, interesting like, yeah like i don't know if it would win over somebody not religious like like you mm-hmm. uh but um but for their audience i felt like they were trying to push you know the audience a little bit and be creative and so all uh, right but, um, that's good but, yeah. to hear yeah so that was fun mm-hmm. um it's been it, it was interesting for a while i was like oh these these awards contenders are going to be so much better than last year i was on like a good streak i was enjoying them and yeah. then i saw like seven in a row that I didn't like. right okay so let's get so, let's do a quick roundup of the ones which ones have yeah. you liked this year obviously holdovers is a big favorite holdovers is a big favorite and uh let's see here well i mean i like barbie a lot if that's considered i liked oppenheimer yeah. oppenheimer is uh, good too yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, I liked it's it's uh, I'd be interesting to see what you think, but I did actually end up liking poor things. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, tell us about uh, that because that I haven't seen that yet. Um, but it's coming out uh, soon, I think, right? Yeah, December. Yeah, I mean, it's what kind of movie I would be extremely careful who I recommend. It is a hard R rating. It is like mm-hmm. very lots of nudity, lots of you know. Um, and it is too long. It has problems. It's not perfect, but I, I think that cause it's basically this like kind of Frankenstein new retelling of Frankenstein kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh, and, uh, and Emma Stone plays this woman. She had committed suicide. William Defoe finds her and basically she's, she'd been pregnant when she committed suicide and he, he transfers the brain of the baby into her and then does the frankensteining and mm-hmm. so she starts out the movie as a baby in a adult woman's body and then ah. like throughout the course of mm-hmm. the movie she it, she grows and and uh, evolves and and you know discovers sexuality at one point discovers philosophy sociology so you know all this stuff kind yeah. of like a coming of age sci-fi mm-hmm. horror yeah. kind of thing it's from the director um yorgos lantimos who made yeah. um the favorite and the lobster and all those movies mm-hmm. and um yeah. and it has to to me it has a bit of a like a tim burden feel to it in the design and the mm-hmm. and the aesthetic it reminded me of the uh, early tim burden movies like edward mm-hmm. scissorhands or like you know Beetlejuice, yeah. things like I- that I can see that. I hadn't thought of it, but I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not, like I said, not going to be for everybody. It's, it's really out there, really, really weird. But, um, but, but I, Emma Stone is absolutely fearless in this role. I mean, she, even if mm-hmm. people don't like the movie, I don't know how you don't argue that she just lays it out there. There's nothing that she won't do other it's like mm. crawling around like a baby, you know, like <laughs> she just, she is totally fearless 
in my opinion, she she deserves to win for best actress. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought she was. I've heard a lot of that. Yeah, people are really yeah. excited about her, and and she's a producer in the movie too. I think so. Oh, it's, is she? It's probably okay. a, a passion project for her for her in some point. Yeah, yeah, and it was very, very, very impressive, and uh, and so yeah, I I I ended up enjoying it. Mm-hmm. and it, it, was, it was something challenging which i thought was yeah was good um and then i also i can't remember if we talked about it a little last time or i feel like we've talked about it but i don't think we have um was i did actually end up liking killers of the flower moon oh yeah i don't think we've talked about it but it yeah. it was a while ago just, when we watched it uh, yeah maybe it's just some chatting on a text or something but yeah uh but yeah i probably one of the few critics in America that goes into a Martin Scorsese film with low expectations mm-hmm. because I really disliked silence so much and I wasn't a fan of the Irishman mm-hmm. so you know I'm an outlier on a number of his films um and uh, this it was like oh this is going to be maybe well made but kind of dull but mm-hmm. I actually wasn't bored I I was I thought it was a very compelling story I thought mm-hmm. it was very well told uh, I mean, it's obviously brutal and sad, yeah. uh, but important. And I, I didn't feel like it was exploitative. Like I felt like for silence personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was great. I, I, I really thought it was well done. Great. Yeah. That I love that too. I, that's probably one of my, well, it, it's kind of interesting to say favorite for a movie. That's so kind of like you're saying tough to watch and like, so, you know, harrowing in so many ways, but it is really, I think one of the best movies that I saw this year. Um, and I yeah. really loved it. Um, I, I like, I agree with what you're saying, you know, it's a great story. I think it's great. It's told very well. I think the performances are really great. Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Lily Gladstone, who I think is really great mm-hmm. as well in the movie, but also the whole supporting cast, there's such a deep, bench of really great actors in it both well known like you know brendan fraser appears towards the latter half of the movie jesse plemons too but also people that i didn't know like you know cara jade myers who plays one of uh lily gladstone's characters sisters i think she's really great oh, as, she's really good yeah um and and a lot of other actors that i hadn't heard of before are, are also really great in the movie and yeah. i also thought it was very moving both well the movie itself it's like you know obviously this about this history of uh in the osage county where you know that the, they found oil in the indian reservation and then the the native population got really rich out of that and then the white people kind of came to try to take it from them right like mm-hmm. and and start these murders to like take over the all the oil um money that was yeah that was happening there so it's really harrowing the way that they like go about all these you know machiavellian plans to take over but but towards the end it's also i found it very i found the ending really creative and really moving at the same time because you know in this like based on a true story movies they always end with the title cards that tell you this is what happened to this character this is what happened to this character after the movie and this and and in this one they do something a little different and that ends with with a very moving you know kind of like direct address by martin scorsese himself about like kind of like to me, it felt like him talking about why he felt compelled to make this movie and why at the same time making this movie is not quite enough, you know, for to really, truly uh-huh. honor what had happened. So, yeah. so I found that it very kind moving. Of, kind of reminded me uh, of the ending of Black Klansman. Oh, you know, yeah, for Lee. sure. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, and Spike Lee is such a great comparison director for someone who always 
well, not always, but in so many of his best movies, he does something very bold at the end, you know, takes you to somewhere you weren't expecting and con to contextualize the movie. I remember, mm -hmm. I think we might yeah. have talked about this in the podcast recently that I went to see Malcolm X and I had forgotten the ending of Malcolm X with, you know, I don't know if you yeah. remember with all the kids saying I am Malcolm X and then Nelson Mandela is at the end and I'm like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> like, you know, uh, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's making it similar to Malcolm X. Uh, so this movie, Rustin, which I told you about, um, which mm. I mentioned before, uh, it, it is a standard biopic. There's nothing like amazing in the filmmaking, but it's like, I, I had never heard of this person. And so like, it mm -hmm. was, and maybe that's on me, but um, it was interesting to learn about him. And yeah, tell us who he the, is. So he Bayard Rustin was one of the uh, organizers, the leaders in in the March for Washington, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, he was also openly gay at the time, uh, and so that was unusual, you know, at yeah. that time, you know, nineteen sixty three or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and so it's it, it's his story, Coleman Domingo, who's also in the Color Purple. He's very strong in both. And, uh, and I just can't understand why he wouldn't be up for one of the best acting. I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. this, it's just, is a really good, a really good example of this kind of performance and this kind of, you know, movie. And, um, and, uh, it's, I, I think it helped maybe just that I literally knew nothing. So like the sort of familiar beats of a biopic, that was fine because I was learning, you know, about, about this person. And, uh, and, uh, so I think it's worth, certainly worth a Netflix watch. That's for sure. All right. So if you had to pick, what do you think he'll get nominated for Rustin color purple, both neither? Mm, I mean, I, 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 I think he'll get nominated for Rustin, but it just depends on kind of what Netflix pushes you know if they're mm -hmm. but they did send i got a whole package Rustin is a netflix movie then yeah i got a whole package from them with a whole book and everything so they are pushing it pretty hard so i i would be surprised if he doesn't get nominated for rustin okay yeah i'd be surprised um another one that's also is it on netflix. netflix already uh -huh. i think so yeah okay yeah i should catch another up with one that. on netflix that i actually ended up liking uh is was the killer uh oh yeah adventure <laughs> that's also kind of surprising that you enjoyed yeah. that one <laughs> i mean enjoy sounds a little weird for the movie it is but but um but yeah i mean it's very well made it's mm -hmm. it is too long you know what movie isn't these days uh it's <laughs> uh and it's it's very simple it's basically practically a one-man show there's just a few tilda swinton's in for a little bit there's a few other little characters in and out but it's basically just following this guy who's this hitman yeah. Something goes wrong, and he's kind of scrambling and and yeah. trying to. Trying to um, clean but up it, the it, mess. it's it's definitely like a modern film noir. It has like uh, it it kind of has the feel of sort of a double indemnity or some of these old you know old uh, something you might have seen Humphrey Bogart in this movie back mm -hmm. in the day, big sleep, oh, something like that. Sure. And um and and so it has tons of style. It is mm -hmm. really well well made. Fast is good. It, yeah. And there were a few times when the narration kind of was like, okay, we're getting almost into parody at this point. Like it's getting I, a little much. I remember you saying that, but I <laughs> haven't seen the movie. I think that is kind of a little bit, I think the movie is a bit of a comedy. It's a little bit about how this guy is 
in and yeah. over himself you know he thinks he's the coolest hitman <laughs> in the world but actually yeah. he you know he messes up the one hit that he's supposed to he's like i thought that was so funny when he's like it was his narration he's so cool and then oh he misses the shot and now <laughs> the movie starts so yeah but oh, I you see, what have saying. you seen it have you seen yeah it? i've seen it i've oh, seen okay. it i enjoyed it, it a lot yeah. yeah 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 like he's like hey, go to mcdonald's yeah, yeah. <laughs> a sausage mcmuffin it's <laughs> the best meal the, ever you know? <laughs> throw in the buns yeah I thought it was a very fun movie because of that. I thought it was quite funny I, that, that's, that's in terms of point. like, you know, the the killer now in the year 2023, it's not like you're saying the Humphrey Bogart or whatever, you know, the Le Samurai or something, but it's rather the guy who goes to McDonald's and, you know, orders his packages on Amazon so he can do his, <laughs> you know, so I thought that was kind yeah, of funny of like the, the updating to the 2023 and how he's just like a, you know, gig worker, like all of us. Yeah. He might as well be riding an Uber, you know, or something. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that. I did enjoy it. Like it, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it, it yeah. was, it was well done for what it was trying to do. It was well done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, What about another Netflix movie that I saw? And I'm curious on your take because you and I are both swimmers and it's the movie Nyad with um, Annette Bening and Jodie Foster. And Annette Bening plays this woman, Diana Nyad, Mm -hmm. whose big accomplishment is she swam from Cuba to uh, Miami, right to Florida, nonstop um, for over, you know, 60 hours of, of nonstop swimming, basically, which is kind of insane and she was also 60 years old more than 60 years old at the time so it's you know kind of a crazy story and what do you think of this one i actually haven't seen it yet i I haven't seen it i know i know i'm gonna over this Mm -hmm. weekend i uh i missed the screening and Mm -hmm. uh because i can't remember uh why Mm -hmm. but um i missed the screening and uh, i just haven't been able to catch up you know on it yeah uh but what'd you think well, I thought you had seen it because we had ta- we had a conversation on I think on Twitter about the depiction of swimming oh, on yeah. movies and how it seems like it would be a sport that is hard to to make look good, you know. It, it, well, it, it's a hard sport to make cinematic because you're you, you can't see their face, you can't mm-hmm. you know it, you can't hear them talk, you can't like as opposed yeah. to like basketball or even track or you know something where you can kind yeah. of get more. So I think it, there's just been very few swimming movies. About I think the they do a pretty good job with a lot of the swimming, especially I think in terms of like the makeup team of like really and and Annette Benning's performance of like mm-hmm. showing you the toll of swimming that long and that mm-hmm. hard. It's it's really effective. Um, I do think that you're right that it's kind of hard because swimming is a very repetitive, especially you're yeah. going from for such a long distance and a steady pace and just like you just want to keep going and going. So it's you know it's only so much you can do with that. Um, I think the filmmakers were a little afraid of that and tried to overcompensate a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that the movie could have been better if they had leaned into how tedious and boring it must have been to swim that long, you know, Mm -hmm. especially for the people who go with her on the boat because she has a whole team of people on a boat who are there in case something happens, you know, and her coach played Mm -hmm. by Jodie Foster is on the boat and she's also, she gives a really good performance in the movie too, as well as Annette Bening. Um, for the people on the boat, it must be really boring, you know, they're just going yeah. along with this other person who's swimming. So um, they could have leaned a little more into that. They put a little too many bells and whistles, I think, around it. But it was mm. a pretty entertaining movie, I mm. thought, for the oh, most good. part. And I do think Annette Benning and Jodie Foster are both really good in it. And they have great chemistry together. I would, huh. I, I would watch them. I wish they become like one of those like 
you know, movie pairings, like that oh, they just started good. making yeah. movies together over and over again, like Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau or something, you know, I was thinking I would watch them in Grumpy Old Woman. <laughs> they would be great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be really good. Yeah. Oh, good. I, I'll, I, I mean, I was planning on watching it. I just, mm-hmm. just want to, I just have had a screening every night. It's been wild. Yeah. But um, uh, before we wrap, I really want to talk about one we both didn't like, which I feel oh. like we both have unpopular opinions about. So I want to talk about it. Which one's that? Um, I, I really want to talk about Maestro. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. spoke a yeah. little bit about that on the, um, on the film festival episode. Yeah, I was not a fan of it. What did you think? Yeah. I was also not a fan of it. I mean, there's there are good things about it. I liked the way that the movie used his music uh, throughout the... I thought they used music well. That was creative. I also liked the climactic uh, scene where he's conducting the... like a, It's like a requiem or a thing oh, in, the, the, um, yeah. in the church. That was a very, I thought, effective scene. Mm-hmm. But I actually didn't love the performances it it wasn't really their fault they did what was asked of them but but i just felt the whole thing felt very phony to me i Hmm. i did not feel like this like i and it's just everything felt very over the top to me and Mm -hmm. i felt like i didn't get to know the people uh and i can understand why you might have this sort of artifice uh in a little bit of a phony kind of artifice in a in like a party scene or you know in a business scene or something like that uh but not in your like personal one-on-one interactions like it was like Mm. he was always he was always acting acting you know there was Mm -hmm. was just like i just want to see what they were like you know talking to their kids and talking to each other and and uh and it did feel a little bit um it was supposed to be about, you know, I guess his bisexuality, you know, and that he was attracted to his wife and attracted to men, but I felt like they were kind of a little bit shamey about it, you know, that like Hmm. that he should be, that we should be judging him because of this. And, but they had like an open marriage. They'd agreed. Like they knew both knew they both agreed. Like why is, I don't know. I thought it was sort of portrayed as this kind of like, wow, he's a jerk. And I'm like, Hmm. I don't really, um, so I didn't really, Think that that was this interesting uh because their marriage was interesting and you know? like why why didn't they portray it in a more interesting way it is um yeah i don't know i was just i just felt like it was really phony that is very true what you're saying about the depiction of the marriage because the movie definitely decides to prioritize that over other elements of his life and but in a in a way like you're saying they it chooses to be about that but then it's actually doesn't make it seem as interesting or worthwhile as it as it should be you know so it ends up being like you focus on the one thing but then that you make that thing not that interesting and then the thing that i find really interesting which is his career stuff you don't focus on so it kind of becomes a bit of a kind of lens in the middle satisfying neither side you know Mm -hmm. um uh and in terms of the phoniness i think i agree with you i mean you say that the the actors did what they were asked to, but you know, in the case of Bradley Cooper, who is also the director of the movie, <laughs> I don't think I don't think you can give him that excuse, you know. Um, and I do think that the big problem is that to me, by the end, it felt a little too. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to like you know, say things about Bradley Cooper's personality and to psychoanalyze him or something, but it felt to me like he was being a little too into himself in this movie you know it was a little too much about him putting on all this makeup putting on this performance doing all the mannerisms and especially the conducting that scene at the church 
I agree with you. It's a very good scene in the movie, but even that I think was undercut to me at the end when they play footage of the actual, the real Bernstein conducting. Mm. And at that moment I was like, well, now I am just supposed to be thinking, oh, how how good was Bradley Cooper at doing all these mannerisms when he was playing the conducting, you know? And it felt to me like it was just like a look how impressive my performance was in a way that it didn't, fe- that again, it felt like a little, you know, off-putting at that point. It was like, why would you choose? And also yeah. when you see the real guy, you also, I actually was thinking of how, his performance now seemed more phony to me. I was like, yeah, well, this yeah. is the real thing. You know, <laughs> this guy is actually conducting. Yeah, that's always a super risky move of putting mm-hmm. the actual iconic performer, you know, in, at the end of uh, the movie. It, like yeah. the, uh, the I think it was called Respect, the Reese Franklin. Uh, oh, they did then? Which wasn't great. But but um, but yeah, they at the very end, they have a, the clip of her, one of her clips of her, of her singing. And you're just kind of like, okay, wow, this movie was not good. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's not capturing. Yeah, yeah, that is really risky. It's very, it, it is hard. Um, <laughs> I think they actually did a pretty good job of that in the last year's Elvis movie. I think they picked a good performance mm. to do that with. You know, it it was like older Elvis, yeah. you know, Elvis, not at his I peak, think... you know, and, and, and in a very sentimental moment. So I think that worked yeah. well for them. Speaking but, of Elvis, have you seen Priscilla yet? I did see Priscilla. Okay, I'm curious. What, I what did you see think? Priscilla. I I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I think you were not a fan, right? No. Um, no, I didn't lie. I I just I just felt like I learned almost nothing about Priscilla. I <laughs> it was like, why are we just like? I want to know what she thinks. I want to know what she feels. I like. I just why are we just watching her hang around Graceland? Like. I, I don't feel like I hardly got to know her at all as far as like, what does she want out of, what does she even like about him? I have no idea. And hmm. so in this sense, I just felt like, I felt very frustrated by it. I'm like, why, you, why did we even watch this movie? Do you usually feel that way about other Sofia Coppola movies? Like, do you feel, I feel like it's very- yeah. I I, yeah. I caused outrage on Twitter the other day as I want to do um, by saying <laughs> that um, I do think that Sofia Coppola is overrated. I, I feel like so many of her movies, I'm just like, what are you trying to say? Why did you make this? You know, and like like the the beguiled, where it was just like watching them hang around the whole movie. And like <laughs> well, the, original, is... <laughs> the original one from the 70s had like a, like a, it was kind of a trashy, sexy, mm-hmm. you know, like vibe to it. And there was something kind of fun about it. You know, it was like a thriller. And this was just like watching women hang around. And, you know, and I, I always feel like it's like, yeah, they look pretty, but but they leave me kind of flat and wanting more. <laughs> it really depends. It's, I mean, I would say that when it comes to her, it is like 70% mood, you know? So either you are into yeah. the mood of, of it or you're not, right? So I do think, I see what you're coming from with that. I've heard other people also have that complaint about the movie. I didn't quite because I am much more in tune with Sofia Coppola. So I was... And this reminded me a lot of, it felt like a combination of two of her previous movies to me, Marie Antoinette, which is also a movie she made about a important, you know, famous historical Mm -hmm. figure, you know, maybe Priscilla Presley is not as important to history as Marie Antoinette, but, you know, kind of like a a character that's a kind of iconic and everybody knows. 
and the movie she made somewhere which is one of my favorites of her both of those are two of my probably my two favorites of her movies are Marie Antoinette and Somewhere and Somewhere is this movie about this uh girl played by Elle Fanning and her dad played by Stephen Dorff who is like an actor in Hollywood and and that movie is very very kind of in the slow cinema category, you know, very vignette, not a lot happens. It's all about mood and about the relationship. And this movie felt to me similar in the way that it would cut from moments that feel kind of like small and just jumps through time. And it has this kind of fragmentation and not a lot happening, like you're saying. But the part where it didn't quite work, I admired that idea of making a movie like this in that way. But I don't think, I think I agree with you that the relationship between her and Elvis didn't quite gel for me you know um mm-hmm. i kind of wish i think that the guy who plays elvis what's his name jacob Elordi. Who, oh yeah um, yeah yeah i think he was not he was not right for the role or like he just didn't do it for me i just didn't quite mm-hmm. get it and i wish that we had seen at the beginning him like from the beginning i was like this guy's just like a sleaze bag you know i don't like him he's like you know i didn't fall in love with him like Priscilla did he always seemed right. from the beginning to be kind of like a like a mama's boy to me who was like just what what you're famous but like that's it about you the rest mm-hmm. of you know why would they want to be around you and um and I wish my my view of him would have deteriorated alongside with Priscilla's view of him you know not yeah. that I was able to tell from the beginning how I I also thought it was sort of strange how they were basically portraying Elvis as like an asexual like he had no like sexual almost no sexual desire like he'd rather read his philosophy books Mm -hmm. than uh than be with a woman and uh and but i i didn't really kind of what were they trying to say about that or what was going on with that like they could have been more interesting i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that's taken from the from priscilla's book right and her Uh telling of what how her life was there i do think that in terms of that they make a very interesting omission which i thought was kind of one of my big questions about the movie which is that they get together and he is hesitant to to have sex with her right he uh-huh. he tells her like you're saying that he wants to wait or whatever and she kind of has the urges to be sexual with him and he's because she's a teenage girl and he's like 20 something and he's like no let's wait or whatever but they never show the moment when they actually do have sex yeah you know uh-huh. they so i thought that was interesting all of a sudden they were married and we were moving on she was pregnant and the sexuality part of it didn't ever get that pivotal moment was not portrayed which i thought was an interesting omission i don't know if that actually made the movie Mm -hmm. stronger i think it probably made it weaker Mm -hmm. yeah 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 as i mean i just i just wanted it to be better but Mm -hmm. uh but i would definitely prefer the baz lerman in in my opinion i just (laughs) thought it was more interesting and and more i don't know i just liked it better (laughs) yeah i think they're both kind of equal to me i think they're both are like good in parts and interesting in parts and flawed in parts for me mm. both of them so I, I kind of put them in an equal scale mm. have you seen uh, may december yeah. not yet okay. not yet i'll be interested in I... what you think it's in, i didn't go fresh on it but mm-hmm. it, it's it's like an interesting movie i don't know i'd be when you I'm do get to see to it, it i would be i'd be curious what you think I'm looking uh, forward to it, it. it was kind of trying to be too many things for me uh, but it does have some good parts. I do think Charles mm-hmm. Melton is is really good as oh, yeah. Um, yeah, as this he's it's it's basically is it's about this Julianne Moore is was uh had a relationship with a student uh when she, and then they ended up 
getting married and that's mm-hmm. the Charles Melton character mm-hmm. so he was like this victim but he ended up marrying his you know his abuser uh, yeah yeah abuser um and and so then Natalie Portman is playing playing her telling Julia Moore in a movie and so she goes down to kind of observe and uh-huh. uh, yeah so it was it was like I said not terrible uh, uh mm-hmm. but it is trying to be kind of a lot of different things it's like sometimes it's, you feel like it's being an erotic thriller but then other times it's sort of commenting on those and mm-hmm. you know sort of mocking them almost you know, like it, you know even you see like the lifetime thriller version of the story mm-hmm. and and um but then there's other times when it's about women and it seems like women empowering and other times when it seems to be kind of critical and we give a pass to women predators and i don't mm-hmm. know it, it's just a lot going on but it does have good aspects and i like i said charles melton I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he's a uh, best supporting actor. He was really. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah really I mean, good. I'm looking forward to it. The, your description of it makes it sound very interesting to me. And I do love yeah. uh, both the director, Todd Haynes and Julianne Moore as an actress. So mm-hmm. I'm, I am definitely going to be watching that soon, as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, before I, we go, I, yeah. I just, before we go, I want to talk about Napoleon really quick. Oh yeah. And that was a big, I have one, one more thing I want to talk about too. Oh, okay. So so why don't you go with Napoleon and we'll, we'll end with a couple <laughs> downers. Cause I, I'm also talking about something that disappointed me. Oh, okay. Well, Napoleon, I just didn't like at all. Hardly. I mean, there are some impressive battle sequences. And uh, so if you, you know, into that, although if you're an animal person, if you're a horse person, especially do not watch this movie. Like I'm, oh, I, okay. <laughs> it is, there's some tough stuff uh, with animals, but, um, but I just could not believe that they basically, that the, this could practically be a romantic comedy. Like it is wild. Almost all of the movie or like a good, maybe 75% is about napoleon and josephine and their relationship and the fact that he she she is barren she can't she doesn't she can't have a, a produce an heir and i, I mean i it, it, it's just like what i mean it there is just at the very end when you were talking about title cards at the very end they have this title card about oh he was responsible for three million deaths you know and all these crazy campaigns that he he uh he he led and uh and you're like, well, I wish you kind of showed me more of that in the movie. <laughs> like, they, you think the worst thing he did was divorce his wife. I, hmm. like, I, <laughs> I felt like I, we, that they kind of turned this into like an Abraham Lincoln slash George Washington kind of character. Like, that, that's how oh, this interesting. is. And I'm not saying that, like, maybe there's an argument to be made to not portray even them, those people in, in that kind of heroic uh, right. light. But like I, I feel like there's more discussion around Napoleon and his uh hmm. than yeah. those those people. But I don't know. So it I just couldn't I just could not believe the choices that Ridley Scott made. They're bonkers. Uh and I guess in a certain way there's something to be said for that. So I'll be curious what you think. But uh but yeah, it's um I guess there's a four hour version coming. So uh that oh, would be interesting. <laughs> interesting yeah ridley scott the king of making director's cuts of all his yeah. movies I mean, you yeah just watching like who was he making this for like hmm. that's I interesting know. i wonder <laughs> if it's me yeah, <laughs> i will be i will be seeing it this weekend probably yeah. when it comes out definitely um, text me when you when you get out of i will i will report back to you and then to the <laughs> listeners eventually i'm sure um yeah. 
Okay, that sounds like an interesting take on Napoleon. I, <laughs> I will have to see how it goes. The last thing that I want to talk about um, is a, a big disappointment for me. Probably the biggest, weirdly, the biggest disappointment of the year is, I don't know if you're familiar, Rachel, with the YouTube channel um, Defunct Land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which does like videos about theme parks. And then they did a really good series about uh, Jim Henson's life and career, which I really enjoyed. And then they did a documentary a couple of years ago about the history of the Disney Fast Pass, which was really great, which I thought was one of the you know best documentaries mm-hmm. I had seen recently. And, I, and so I've been following what they've been doing since. They did one about Disney Channel, which was pretty good. And now they just released one about Epcot, the history of Epcot Center. It's called Journey to Epcot Center, a symphonic history. And I have to say, this was a big big disappointment for me i think that shoot they decided to go yesterday yeah he decided to go for something very different you know instead of his usual more traditional documentary style to do more of like a collage of reenactments and and music and and just like very you know i appreciate him trying something different going for like a more impressionistic style different kind of documentary filmmaking but the problem is that he ends up telling a story the story of epcot is so interesting to me partially because it's kind of a it's kind of a failure in a way you know it starts with Walt Disney having this like, crazy idea of doing this community yeah. that would never work and then all the people at his company kind of getting stuck with it once he dies <laughs> having to do it and then they don't know how to do it and then finally they just make a theme park which is kind of like, I mean I don't know what your opinion is on Epcot but I feel like it's kind of a middling theme park right nobody is nobody's favorite park at Disney I don't think mm-hmm. And it is so that's very interesting, but the movie does not get into any of that at all. It just kind of like presents a very almost like a hagiographic. Hey, it's almost like Disney itself would have done the documentary. And the things that's so interesting about his documentaries is they're they're they have a critical view. You know, it's someone who loves theme parks, but also understands the limitations of theme parks and and the problems that comes with them. Um, which is what makes his movie so interesting. And this one did not touch on that at all. So that was a huge disappointment for me. Darn. I mean, I guess maybe it's appropriate that this year of Disney, that even the defunct land video is not great. Oh yeah. This has been, I guess it is kind of a disappointing year for Disney, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's true. Cause you can have a whole episode just about, uh, I mean, we're going to do Stanford and I will do our, our yearly Disney ranking that we do. And I told uh-huh. him, it's like, this can be a therapy session. Like you're going to have to play. Are there any Disney movies on your, on your favorites of this year? Um, well, there was one actually on Disney channel that mm-hmm. I loved called prom pack. Okay. All, right. really, all right. It was a really good teen rom-com. Yeah, uh, but I you it. know when but... the queen of Disney, Rachel <laughs> Wagner, has only has a Disney Channel movie on her, you yeah. know, like yeah, because it's ready. My predictions for you, I had a Disney movie because I had to have one. I put Peter yeah. and Wendy, and that right. was a, a disappointment. So, um, in I guess you, I guess technically, Theater Camp is um Disney. It's on okay. Fox, uh, well, I think Searchlight. Um, yeah. so that would be the only two on my top, um, uh, on my top thirty. Uh, wow from or i guess the creator the creator was also disney and well, i like that those are kind good. of but the disney brand movies the you know the marvels the disney the pictures yeah. they are they didn't yeah they're in a rough spot I mean, and not even just that like almost all of them i've actively disliked i i i did like guardians 3 mm-hmm. 
Um, but I really disliked the Marvels. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, I was not that big a fan of Wish. I was not a a fan of the new indie movie. I, Mm. I Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, that was Mm -hmm. bad. I saw that one. Yeah, that was very disappointing. Um, I don't know. It's just been one after another. It's just been an absolutely atrocious year. I didn't like Elemental. Uh, Kind of Um, ironic since it's their 100th anniversary too, right? I know. (laughs) Yeah, but well, that's how it goes. What are you going to do? But that's too bad about the... um, Because he had had put out the Funkland, he had put out a a tweet or whatever uh, saying like, just a war heads up. I'm doing something, you know, different this year and trying something Mm -hmm. new and... So that's too bad that I guess it it didn't. Maybe my expectations were in the wrong place because when he said he was going to do Epcot, I was like, well, this is what he's, you know, we've been waiting for. This is like the most interesting history of any theme park. And then it just was not interesting at all the way he depicted Mm -hmm. it to me. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That's too bad. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting year uh, so far. Um, uh, I also just yesterday saw dream scenario, which I think you would like. I, oh, that's the Nicolas Cage, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, new A24. The, I think you'd yeah. like it. Yeah, it was it was it was creative and and uh it uh and it had you know something to say and I, I yeah, I think you'd like it. So you should check that one out. I will. So yeah, so there we go. All that right. is what we've been watching. We'll be we'll be back soon. Um yes. talking about more. We should do yeah, let's see what we will talk about next time. We'll we'll yeah. um I enjoy catching up, but you know, at some point we will run out of new movies, right? Because it's the end of the year. So maybe we can think of some other fun stuff to do and talk about. Yeah. Yeah, that would be uh yeah, we'll figure it out. And if you have any ideas of what you'd like us to talk about, uh let us know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Anything goes these days. So yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. shoot your shot. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, in, you can follow us at Criterion Pod on Twitter. And uh, Conrado, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Letterboxd if you have that. And you can just search my name, Conrado Falco the Third. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also check out everything Homeworkies podcast. I'm super proud of everything that we've been doing. Uh, and uh, it's been a you know fun season so far. We got the, you know, the Thanksgiving week, uh, which has, there's, uh, I think, something like, there's something like eight uh, yeah. new movies. The thick of Christmas Thanksgiving Hallmark week. season, so, right? So yeah, so definitely make sure you're following the Homeworks podcast. I'm super proud of it. And uh, and yeah, let us know what you think. Put in your ratings and reviews uh, on the pod. We sure appreciate that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, everybody. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. See you next time.